0: or download many more free sermons at graceunlimited.co.za or livinghopechurch.co.za that you think about it Friday, today you think about death. And death has been around us for months now, it's been right our faces. We've been confronted with the reality of death so much over this last year. But as we slow down today, and we return to God's word all the time, we recognize that today we think more about a death than it's like now that the death of the Lord death... It would be like other day for was, And it is because of the Lord Jesus, the sacrificial lamb of God, that we gather to slow down and appreciate what he has done for us. And thinking about this message for today, this new Friday, typically we would go to the Psalms, uh, not the Psalms, the Gospels, as we talk about the crucifixion of Jesus. But that's why I turn our attention to the Old Testament. And you might think that's strange. Why are we going to the Old Testament to talk about the crucifixion of Jesus? But if you open your Bibles to Psalm 22, then you will see why. Take your Bibles today, we're going to go slowly through the Psalm and meditate on exactly what was of the psalm. And even though this is why so amazing because even though he never saw the cross himself under the guidance of the Holy Spirit he gives us a remarkable insight into the mind and prayer of Christ as Jesus died on the cross for our sins. The psalm is a, a detailed picture of the crucifixion. A thousand years before Jesus died Moses already wrote about it. That's phenomenal. It tells us that the author of scripture is ultimately one author, is it not? It's revealing to us the mind of God, waiting for it in heaven. And every time you actually see Psalm 22 being used in the New Testament, it refers not to David, but it refers to Jesus. You read the psalm, your heart is just absolutely drawn into what our Savior experienced on that day. In fact, Acts chapter 2, verse thirty tells us that David was he wasn't just a king, but he was also a prophet. This is how Acts Christians. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the picture of David that he both died and he was buried. And this too is with us to this day, being therefore a prophet so David is giving a prophetic insight into what happened on this fire. It's as if we're going to go there with this ourselves through the eyes of Jesus, our Messiah. And essentially, what you can do with the Psalms, you can divide it into sections, but so the, the first 21 verses is all about a prayer, the prayer of Christ as He's Dying on the cross. And then the second half of the psalm, Psalm 23 to 31, is all about praise. So the first thing you want is death, and you can say the second half is resurrection. And, resurrection. and Of course, we're going to talk more about that on Sunday. And it must be that David must have experienced some kind of event that made him grow in the way he does. help us understand what was happening on that day when our Savior was beaten and broken for our sins. So the question is: I'm going to give you seven thoughts, seven big thoughts, on what was Jesus thinking and seeing as he was dying for our sins. First. Abandonment. Separation. And you can see the song starts without much context. It's just the very first words. It's very specific. And we know that Jesus uttered these same words in Matthew 27. And up until this point in the, the life of Jesus, think about it, It has this total connection between God the Father and God the Son intimate relationship that Jesus the Father and the Spirit has had for all eternity past. loving each other perfectly. Be this strong, perfect, intimate relationship with one another. And no need for any human involvement whatsoever. <laughs> Around 3pm what we call Good Friday there's total darkness in this time moment of darkness that Jesus cries out, My Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And this picture of darkness. It's a picture of desolation. Emptiness. Isolation. Being alone. And never before has the eternal Son of God been separated from his father. So this is a, a crucial moment. Jesus gives us stride of this orientation. It's not that he didn't know that it was coming. I mean, we are in the Old Testament already. Jesus, he he is the Word of God. He meditates on the Word of God. He knows the Psalms. He knows exactly what's going to happen to him. We're looking at David and how he wrote before before it all happened. And Jesus knew exactly what was coming. It was a real moment. A real moment, even knowing that it's going to happen to me, as it's happening, the separation from his father. You yeah, it's this moment of this range. I mean, if you're of an owl in human terms, you know, I think of my son the other day, we were in the shopping mall and we were walking around. At the moment, complete disorientation. Where's my dad? Where's my dad? It's as in this moment is trying to a at the better because all of a sudden, where's his dad? His dad was with him all the time, holding his hand, and now his dad's not to be seen. Thinking he's alone. And even in that moment, that's a simple human experience that doesn't compare to what Jesus is experiencing in this very moment. As yes, he's crying out, because the curse of death is closing in, and he is now the Father is turning his face away from him. As you read the New Testament his crucifixion, you are know, not giving a lot of insight into this feeling of abandonment, but here in Psalm 22, it helps us to think more about what Christ must be thinking in this moment. Read the verse of verse one, verse one B. He says, "Why are you so sort of far?" From saving me from the words of my groaning. As we read these things, these things in fact, you have Jesus, he says the impact of how Jesus thinking as he's hanging on the cross. This void has never been there before. The separation, the distance, crying out, Why are we so far from saving me? Don't you hear the words of my groaning, though? No? Verse 2. And it continues to cry because it doesn't embrace. Because the suffering has been going on for so long and it's a real moment of disorientation, showing us the humanity of our Savior. But even though we have this serious moment of separation that Jesus is experiencing the very first time, He keeps us to so. second. Jesus thinking and seeing as He's dying for our sins. Verses 3 to 5. We see that God is holy and that God saves us. Verses 3.
1: Yet you are holy
0: and firm on the praises of Israel. And you our fathers trusted and trusted and you delivered them. To you that tried and were rescued and you that trusted and were not put to shame. So let us David, how does Jesus see in this epic moment of abandonment? He sees firstly the character of God. He says, you are holy. And he's helping us understand why it is that the Father has to turn his face away. Because the Father is holy. And in this moment where Jesus becomes sin for us, Dear Firms, Father, I know you have to turn away from me because you are a leader. And even if you don't answer me in this very moment, I know you are here with me. I know you love me. I know that you are righteous. And it's because God is holy and righteous, and we are not, that sin has to be punished. That keeps us from the Father, that separates us from the Holy God. Makes me think of Job. You know, Job is a man suffered suffered a lot as well. In Job 13 15. It says, Though he slay me, I will open him, and I will argue my ways to his face. And even today, as believers go through suffering and all kinds of difficulty, we know that God is with us. We talk to him, we go to him in prayer and in the start groaning through our trials and suffering and we talk to him in the face of prayer. But Jesus, he understands what he wants. He understands the he wants. And he also says that not only thinks that God told holy but he thinks that what God has done is what God has done to save these people. And even as he's suffering, he has total confidence in God. Verse 4 again. And you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you that tried and were rescued. And you that trusted and not what to say Jesus know exactly this is always in the plan of God. To deliver these people. And this is just a moment, a necessary moment, but God the Father will not inflict you for service. This is all part of the It's a necessary moment that changes our entire future. And before we might go into doubt, as we are suffering. Should we not remember the character of God? Should we not remember what He has done in save these people in the past. And isn't that what we're doing right now is to remember what Jesus did in saving us from our sins. Jesus knows that because of God's commonness, this is the right response from the Father to turn his face away. But also the suffering, as he's hanging on the cross Recognizing the situation today is that Jesus never loses faith. He never loses any kind of confidence in the character of God. This us more intense. Verse 13. What else is Jesus thinking and seeing as He's dying for our sins? Verse 6. He sees that He's absolutely nothing. He's nothing. But I'm a word. And not a man. Scorned by mankind and despised by the people. Have you ever thought you hear
1: Jesus say this?
0: Think of thing. He calls himself a worm. Not even worthy of calling himself a man. I mean, when others in the past have tried out for deliverance and God rescued them, He delivered them know that this is not going to happen with them. It's just as if you say, I'm treated as if I'm most insignificant. I'm most despicable of all the objects there is in this world. I am, I'm unworthy of the attention of God and man and well. You get this language, you get the language about Messiah who sees himself less than the human desire moment, and it will touch back to Isaiah 33 verse 2. Because what did Isaiah say? He said, we have no form of majesty that we should look at him. No beauty that we should desire him. Because Christ was so butchered and beaten. And he sees himself as a lonely man. And again, you see, some kind of thing in Job. His friends, Joe's friends, they're trying to make sense of Joe's suffering. Job 25, 6 is, is, it says, How can he use born of a woman appear? Behold, even the moon is not bright and the stars are not clear in his eyes. How much this man who is a maggot and the son of man who is a worm? Who passed by, derided him, wagging their heads. And again, what we have here is a fulfillment of what they wrote about so long before it actually happened. What Jesus is seeing is he's hanging on the cross is a mass group of people with their mouths open, shouting at him, screaming at him. Slaughter after slaughter. church the his name.
1: So anyone else. what
0: does this say to him? What does he say? He trusts in the Lord. Believing in God. That God is going to somehow do something to all of us. So they're like, well, if He's going to do that, let God get him out of this place. You can imagine this. Save yourself, if you are the Son of God, come down from that cross. Matthew twenty-seven. said What else was Jesus thinking and seeing as he dying for our sins? Verses 9 and 10. He thinks about how God brought into this world in the first place. Yet you are he who took me from the womb you made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you was I cross from my birth and from my mother's womb you have been my God. In
1: his body. You're the
0: other one who caused me to be conceived in the womb of this, this young woman. This is always the young man that I humble myself by taking on the Of all, it was John 95 says, but standing by the cross of Jesus for his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Cleopas and Mary Magdalene. And as he sees her, he back to singing back to how brought him into this world through this woman, guarding him every day of his life to this very moment. In man hanging on that cross. This is the God man hanging on that cross. It goes What else does Jesus thinking and see as he died for our sins? Verses 5 and 13. There are all these demonic beings around. Many fools encompass me, circles of patience around me. that open their mouths at me like a roaring and roaring lion. of these people. But these hungry beasts surrounding Christ ready to count and devour him at any moment. greedy to get what they want. And he specifically calls it the, the strong rules of bashing. And the strong rules of bashing are rooted in the Old Testament. And scholars point out that the Canaanite religion is known to be uh, the rules of basin when filled with evil spirits. What I think is happening here is that Jesus, is want to see much more going on. Yes, there's these mob of angry people who like crucifying the godliness that wants to see so much more. You can see the, the wicked, evil, demonic spirits that are, are influencing these people. We seek to devour Doing this is very moment as he's dying on the cross, the author of Hebrews says, in he 2 it that he's destroying him at the cross of one half power of a death. In other words, this is the Messiah bruising the serpent's head, crushing it. Within my breast, my strength is dried up like a plucked shirt, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. What a graphic image of Jesus Himself as He expresses the pain from what His people were doing to Him. summary of all that He was experiencing as He suffocated to death, being poured out like water. Living, him. His legs crushing it, leaving all those blood bones exposed. what about his heart? His heart is like wax, Shining us the strength. That uh, is broken in pieces and trapped. And all the suffering and pain that he's enduring is, is causing him to thirst. So much so that his tongue sticks to his jaw. I mean our Savior has been hanging in the sun all day. Thirsting for water as he's done. Amen. And the marriage of his own son to the cross. Leaving him made and next life. Verse 17. I can count all my hopes. It's there in the blood of the world. It's a fun picture in your mind. It's Jesus' hanging And all this exhaustion, his head looking down, and what can he see? All he sees is his mangled body and his bones exposed to the point where he can even count them. What else was Jesus thinking? Finally, number seven. What else was Jesus thinking and seeing as he's he dying for our sins? Verse 18. They took his clothes. They divide my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots. And just as you think there's been enough insult and injury to this man, they take his clothing away from John 19, 23 says, When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier. Also well, his but the tuning was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cost lots. Way before it ever happened. God wrote about. What makes the clothes of Jesus go down in for? It was the those days the man's cloak was his entire possession? This was your bed. This was your blanket. And these men, this wicked world is just showing you that they have completely no regard Will this man die right in front This is a total lack of, of sensitivity to what is happening in this moment. Even to the point of where you might have another camp for yourself. They simply do not. Jesus is the perfect sinless sacrifice to pay for your sin and for my sin. Long before it even happened, life, David writes, only from this city. Posterity shall serve Him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim His righteousness to a people of God. That what? That He has done it. In other words, any question you're more familiar with, child of God have to feel abandoned. He never again we have to suffer alone. Never again has the child of life God have to wonder that does not love me. Jesus thirsted, he suffered, he bled, and he died for those who believe in him. And what he did in his life and his death would never only he helps us know what he experienced on that Friday in the song. He helps us to respond to suffering or remembering the holy character. Jesus becomes sin for us. For through His death and shed blood on the cross. As John the Baptist would say, you all the Lamb of God who takes the race of the Lord. And that's what we remember when we find. Everything that I'll say to into so that we can be forgiven of us, Peter, gracious city verse 33 18. He says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made them alive in the spirit. Why did Jesus come through all this? Peter says it clearly. He said, He suffered once. He was the final, perfect sacrifice. Never again do we have to make a sacrifice for sin. So that you might bring us to God. Jesus lived and died so that you can have a relationship with the Father. Where the righteous lies and the unrighteous. Where he takes our sin our shame and we get his righteousness. He gets all the pain. The Bible says we throw ourselves into the mercy of God. That's all good. Paul says in Romans 3, chapter 23, For all that have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as He Redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. It's by faith that we grab hold of Jesus in his perfect sacrifice. It is by faith that we grab hold of his blood that cleanses us from all our sins. and all to be with them. We respond to this by living for peace of all. They need to be on our cross and follow them. Today we remember part